when we talk about purpose-driven, we have to remember that people are demanding that a company align with their values and align with their ethics. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. I believe that after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, business will never be the same in multiple areas. One of those is an ESG multiple reasons for this. And obviously, ESG did not start or stop with the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, but ESG had been gaining momentum for the last several years. It accelerated during the pandemic. And I believe the Russian invasion emphasized the importance of ESG and what it means for every company going forward. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco has recently said the world's geopolitical landscape is more challenging and complex than ever. Of course, the primary example of this is Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. It is nothing less than a fundamental change to our international norms, sovereignty, and the rule of law that underpins our society. I believe this is even more so in the current business climate. The pandemic led to an explosion of ESG awareness and forward movement for ESG. Even with the magma hat-wearing right-wing Republicans trying to pass laws to prevent ESG, what they fail to understand is that ESG is driven not by left-wing liberals, not by tree-huggers, but by the business world, from institutional investors to shareholders to employees to other stakeholders, to financial institutions, and even insurers. It is not regulatory change that's driving ESG, it's business change. These groups are all now evaluating business prospects, targets, and partners through an ESG lens, in addition to multiple other lenses, such as financial and compliance. Many businesses have responded by upping their ESG game through the hiring and designation of sustainability officers, more robust ESG programs, and similar efforts. However, these efforts were in many ways siloed within the three broad categories of E and S and G. What the Russian invasion of Ukraine drove home was the need for a more holistic approach to corporate ESG, which integrates each one of those letters into the fully formed ESG. Additionally, ESG is now a key national security interest of democracy. The transparency mandated by ESG programs through government-required disclosure or private sector-required disclosure also ties into other areas of business change that I have been exploring. Obviously, the disruption in the supply chain of key minerals coming out of Russia, such as aluminum and fossil fuels, is an important issue, but companies which tried to continue to use those resources faced a much greater risk than simply economic sanctions, that being reputational risk. In terms of social issues, companies were forced to comply with sanctions, but then they were boycotts against companies that mandated relationships with the Russian autocracy. There were boycotts against companies that had ties to Russian oligarchs. It is this impact on reputational damage which has changed ESG going forward. 
regulators can certainly levy and assess fines based upon violations of laws and regulations. Many businesses, however, this is simply seen as a cost of doing business, a below-the-line cost such as a corporate legal department or compliance function. However, hits to reputational damage are above-the-line costs, meaning they eat directly into sales, revenue, and overall business success. Moreover, your market cap and valuation of your business are both based on revenue so that any hit to your top line could significantly impact your organization in a very negative manner. If your organization is seen as supporting autocratic regimes who nakedly wage war against women and children, or your company purchased goods which were made by Uyghur slave labor, a very large swath of the consuming public will not want to purchase your products or even do business with you. The risk is simply too high. Consumers want to purchase and transact with purpose-driven businesses. What is more purpose-driven than supporting democracy and supporting the arrest, the fight against a brutal regime that is quite literally killing innocent women and civilians? This is not a question of risk management or risk appetite. This is a question of deciding whether or not your brand can stand for the ideals of freedom and the ideals for an inclusive and fair and open and democratic world. When we talk about purpose-driven, we have to remember that people are demanding that a company align with their values and align with their ethics. All of these factors will change ESG forever and how companies approach ESG. Your organization must not only fully integrate ESG into an overall business strategy, but your organization must integrate the E and the S and the G through a cohesive approach to all three, all the way up to the board level. Companies that were caught flat-footed by the Russian invasion of Ukraine need to recalibrate their approach. Looking across the three pillars of ESG, the Russian invasion of Ukraine forced companies to take ESG more seriously. It codified and solidified in people's minds the need to manage ESG as a part of reputational brand value. You have to look at ESG proactively and react to situations uh, based upon the turmoil that is ongoing literally across the globe. I think this is incredibly prescient and incredibly important that you understand who is looking at your ESG program? It's not the Securities and Exchange Commission. It's not U.S. regulators because we don't have regulations around ESG. We hope to have Scope 1, Scope 2, Scope 3 emission standards and reporting standards later this year promulgated by the SEC, but at this point, we don't. So this means that purpose-driven businesses, the purpose is in large part being driven by other businesses. I mentioned investment money whether that is private equity funding, whether that's a bank loan, whether that's a uh, shareholder from uh, NASDAQ purchasing shares in a company that has a robust ESG program. Even if you want to get insurance now, your company's going to be evaluated from an ESG perspective for an overall insurance rating. And of course, that impacts the cost of your insurance premium. So you see how this is business-driven. And I would further point to the need to have an ESG program simply to transact business. If you're in energy, tech, medical supplies, healthcare, pharmaceutical, you're going to have to 
disclose information around your ESG program simply to respond to a request for quotation. That means you're going to be evaluated from an ESG perspective as a potential vendor. And when you have that level of specificity required, that's when companies understand this is not table stakes. This is bare minimum just to get into a game to try to make a profit. So ESG is now seen as a national security interest. ESG is now seen as a must-have to do business both in the United States and Western Europe. And companies need to understand that these requirements for having an ESG program are not driven by regulators. You say that once again, programs, ESG programs are largely not being driven by regulators. They're being driven by other businesses in the private sector. If you want to unlock the capital in your own company and access the cash in your own company, you're going to have to have an ESG program that's transparent that you can uh, disclose certain measures to, to those who want to invest in your company or work with you or otherwise simply transact business with you. The same would hold true for joint ventures, for team agreements, or for other business partnerships. So the Russian invasion of Ukraine, I think, put an exclamation mark on a period of growth in ESG programs and a period of needing to understand why a ESG program is required for an organization from a business perspective.